this episode of CargoFax Connect, the podcast of CargoFax, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Jeff Lee, Deputy Editor of CargoFax. And I'm Andrew Kreider, CargoFax's new associate editor. Thank you for tuning in. We're back after a brief hiatus, and already it's been an eventful couple of months. Andrew, you joined us about a month ago, uh, what seems like the the perfect time, didn't you? (laughs) It it absolutely is. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, It's been a very interesting week. 2022 has been off to an impressive start. Just last week, Boeing announced their new 777-8F with Qatar Airways uh, in what they said will be the single largest production freighter order. This was a long time coming, as Qatar and Boeing have been in talks since last year on the possibility of more 777F orders for Qatar. Right, and that's uh, just one of many uh, interesting things that have, that have already happened in 2022. And joining us to discuss this uh, latest development today is our special guest, Jim Edgar, Senior Consultant at CargoFax Consulting. Jim, welcome and thank you for joining us. To kick things off, I guess, what was your um, your initial reaction to Boeing's unveiling and this rather large order that came with it? Well, I think it's fair to say this was much anticipated, particularly since last summer, um, Airbus uh, similarly announced the launch um, of the A350F. And then, as you recall, last fall at Cargofax Symposium in Las Vegas, uh, Crawford Hamilton and Brian Hermesmeyer we're on the last panel of the uh, event, and uh, it was most interesting. But at that point, of course, Boeing had not formally launched, but uh, were anticipating doing so. So um, it, it was not unexpected, but it was uh, most interesting to get more detail. We had, uh, as you know, we had been following for quite some time uh, presentations to customers that uh, we um uh, became aware of, and so we were kind of gathering information about uh, what exactly the 777-8F might look like. So uh, I have to say, too, uh, there was an awful lot of press over this last week because it was just a week ago today that the uh, formal announcement was made, and, uh, of course, with the 36 firm, uh, I'm sorry, 34 firm from Cutter and 16 options, and uh, I... I personally saw probably uh, two dozen articles in the general and trade press, and so I've been trying to digest all of that. But um, this will sound self-serving, but um, of all the many, many articles uh, from reputable sources that I've read, the most helpful was the one that uh, our own uh, CargoFax Consulting Managing Director, Frederick Horst, uh, offered um, a week ago. Um, on the Cargo Facts Insights uh, subscription service titled 777-8F versus A350F, a battle of equals. And I think that's a really good summary uh, of the situation because they are very, very comparable. Um, in that uh, article, and I would recommend listeners to, uh, if they haven't already, uh, get a hold of that, but there's a very uh, excellent table that uh, Frederick put together um, with available information um, that makes a number of significant comparisons, beginning with the 777-200F, which of course has been in service for a very long time, uh, against the 777-8F, as much as we know at this point, 
and then the A350F. And, and uh, in the area of uh, volume, it makes comparisons, uh, giving the advantage, a slight advantage to the 7788F, um, slightly higher structural payload. But there are uh, areas where the uh, A350F at this point in time, with as much as we know, uh, look to have the advantage, and that includes uh, range. Uh, again, comparing with the 7788F, not the 777200F, because that's a little bit more range. Uh, certainly a timing advantage, because the A350F uh, expects to be in service uh, two years earlier than the 7788F, and that's, that's important because uh, there's going to be operators that order the A358 that are going to have a two-year head start in terms of the uh, better economics and efficiencies that the A350F offers. So um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of really good information in that uh, that article and the table itself. But as we uh, make um, contact with the OEMs and have opportunities to do deeper dives, and particularly on the Boeing side, as information becomes available, design gets uh, uh, more stable uh, or more firm. Um, we'll know more in terms of actually making comparisons. The only um, area that we don't have a really good uh, understanding because of a, a lack of specific weights, and I'm, I know that uh, Frederick's done a really good job of estimating uh, maximum takeoff and zero fuel weights, um, is uh, in the area of economic efficiency. And of course, that drives a lot of decisions. So the only the, of all the articles that I, and coverage that I read, the only um, economic uh, comparison that I could find were actually statements by Boeing commercial Stan Deal. And uh, he made the statement, and I'm assuming he's comparing it to the A350F, that the uh, 7788F will be 4% um, uh, fuel efficient or consume 4% less fuel and uh, emit 4% less carbon. So those were the only real economic comparison that I could find, and we don't know the basis of that comparison. So I think that's what remains in terms of our information at this point is to get a little bit more specific technical data so we can make those economic comparisons because that, that will be very significant in carriers' decisions uh, regarding those aircraft. Speaking on the economic um conditions I, i'm i'm a little curious as far as the production more specifically i'm wondering how the new aircraft um how this is going to affect the current 777f production as far as their timeline and order backlog well all i can speak to is is during my tenure um usually uh freighters and passenger aircraft will share the same production line. There's there's exceptions to that, but so my guess would be that um, because of the similarity that the the, the 777 uh, passenger X versions, dash eight and dash nine, will share the same production line as the, uh, the freighter, the dash eight freighter. And we do know that the length on the dash eights is slightly two frames different from the passenger version, and that's kind of a first. Usually, you use the same exact uh, length of fuselage, but um, I wouldn't expect uh, th there will also. I should also mention there there will also be a transition phase where your um, 
uh, phasing out the the existing model, in this case, the 777, uh, 200, 300, and so on, uh, in favor of the Dash 8 and Dash 9. So, you know, there's a there's a process that goes on that, that makes that transition. But generally, to answer your question, Andrew, uh, I would expect it without having intimate knowledge of the situation that they'll use the same production line and that there'll be a transition phase between the old 777 models and the new 777 models, but the freighters and the passenger aircraft will share the same production line. And as I guess it's interesting, isn't it, um, to think about how the current 777F backlog continues to play out and how many customers will kind of jump in to order more uh, 777Fs before Boeing decides to switched completely over to the the new 777-8F and just to add to that I mean Qatar too um, threw in two current 777-Fs um, in the order as well um, but going back to um, when you said that there's been a lot of media attention on this I just I guess a couple of points um, one is that I think for obvious reasons the media is now focusing much more on um, the cargo side of the business, whereas before they may not have given it um, as much attention. Um, so this, I, I agree with you, I think there has been a lot of um, discussion and just a lot of lot more coverage um, on this launch. Um, I guess part of that was because of just, just the sheer size of the of the order and given the dispute that Qatar had that may or may not have played into this um, the other thing I was going to say was that now with the A350 of course launching that Airbus launched last summer um, without firm orders and then orders and commitments coming in in the final two months of 2021 we now have for the first time, both Airbus and Boeing in the large production freighter uh, market. Um, and it's shaping up to be an interesting, but of course, fierce competition in this segment. Um, what do you make of that? And you know, how will we see this rivalry play out between the two manufacturers? Well, I, I uh, again revert to uh, Frederick Horst's excellent article in Cargo Facts Insights, but um, I'll just read for you. I think it's a really good summary. Uh, Airbus has clearly spent a lot of time understanding the needs of the air cargo market and has come up with a sellable product. Boeing has a long history of engagement with the cargo market and appears to have come up with a worthy successor, the 777-200F. This is great news for operators who now have a real choice. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> I mean, that really sums it up. Um, and I don't want to go too far back in, in uh, memory, down memory lane, but uh, a, a slight correction to your statement. Um, there was a time when there was an A380F with 27 firm orders from four different customers. Uh, mm -hmm. At the same time that there was a 747-8F with uh, firm orders from customers. Um, so there was a, a brief time until Airbus made the decision to not produce the A388F, and uh, but certainly the A350F is a 
a very capable and competitive freighter in the large category, even though the 777-8F will be ultimately the, the biggest uh, freighter um, when it uh, when is introduced in 2027. So uh, Air Airbus, <laughs> Airbus has learned a lot and they definitely were paying attention. And I really think that was evident uh, in the outstanding uh, presentation that uh, Crawford made at Cargofax Symposium. And, you know, just to one step further, I'm really looking forward to hearing from both Boeing and Airbus at the upcoming uh, Cargofax EMEA uh, in May, because uh, every, every conference, every uh, announcement, every order, is an opportunity for clarification and kind of uh, see where this is all taking us. Um, Airbus has, uh, you know, 22, I think it is, firm orders from four uh, very quality customers and operators. Um, and uh, Boeing has got 34 firm orders from one, the, it should be mentioned, the third largest cargo carrier in the world. So. Um, it'll be interesting as orders come in, it's going to be very, very competitive and just fascinating to see how this unfolds. And again, what details uh, we can um, analyze in, in determining the, uh, the relative efficiencies of uh, each aircraft. Yeah, and I, the other um, interesting thing I was going to say actually was that the Boeing launched this freighter version before the passenger 777X even, you know, before it's even been certified and let alone enter into service. And that just is a reflection of the, I guess, the state of, of the market and just how hot um, cargo is and how the importance that both the manufacturers and I guess, I guess the operators are placing um, on, the, on the business. But, you know, moving from production, large wide bodies, we also at the same time have potentially three uh, 777 conversion programs. Um, so obviously we have the IAI and, and GCAS 777-300ERSF. Uh, That's the most advanced. Um, they cut the door last year. Um, and actually IAI just confirmed to me recently that they, they're they moving on to strengthening the floor beams and all that work. And they expect to roll out the, that first prototype by the end of the year. Second and third ones, are the Mammoth Freighters 777 conversion for both the 200LR and the 300ER. And we also have this uh, Wichita State University 777 conversion program. They have a 777-300ER in Wichita uh, right now, actually, and we're still trying to find out more on that. But if all three get certified, we will have three 777 conversion programs the 777-AF and the A350 freighters of five models in the large wide body segment. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, does the market need all this variety? The only reference point would be, you know, during my tenure um, at Boeing and when there was a 747-400 production freighter and ER production freighter, as well as a, a PCF program, and I think generally it's safe to say that it's it's a slightly different customer set with um, different customer requirements for a converted aircraft of comparable size compared with 
uh, production aircraft. Obviously, especially at the large size, the production aircraft are very capital intensive. So you expect extremely high utilizations, oftentimes even more than their passenger counterpart. Um, and uh, carriers that um, are running at very, very uh, high load factors, high loads, uh, and um, usually command uh, better yields. Um, on the converted side, uh, you, because the capital cost is a, is a huge advantage for a conversion, you're usually a slightly different customer set and, um, you know, uh, density comes into play, range utilization, but it's not as uh, significant um, in terms of uh, the kind of traffic that they uh, carry uh, because the, the capital pressures are not the same. So it's usually, again, as I look at the 747 uh, situation, you know, 20, 25 years ago, it, it was usually a slightly different customer set, but I think those lines are going to start blurring. Uh, I, I think that there'll be more and more carriers that will be willing to have mixed fleets instead of, uh, you know, well, they're a, a line haul a production freighter operator and another might be a more of a converted operator. So I think there'll be more mixed fleets, uh, whereas in the past we had a kind of a, a different carrier set that would be uh, tend to go for production versus converted. So um, there's going to be a lot of competition and I'm really excited about uh, watching this uh, on the large size because we really haven't had a 747 conversion program for a while. So it's been all a production aircraft and then resale of existing large freighters. And uh, so now we've, we kind of have a whole new uh, a dimension to it that it will be interesting again to see how it plays out. That That's interesting that you bring up the, the, the customers that we could see. Could you tell me a little bit more about that customer base? Who who do you think they are as as far bringing down regionally based um, or for all these different models or maybe they prefer a conversion? Well, I think uh, first of all, you're going to see um, in the large size converted, you're going to see um, express carriers get more involved. Certainly, that's been the case in the medium size category with uh, Amazon. Uh, but uh, you're going to see that proliferation. I think too, there's a there's a real possibility here as capacity continues to be constrained, because you recall during the worst of the pandemic. Uh, basically, the park fleet vanished and everything that was remotely possible was pulled out of storage. Um, I think you're going to see more line haul traditional production freighter operators uh, get involved in conversions. I mean, they're, they're good aircraft and there's younger and younger feedstock going in for conversion into large size uh, conversion programs. So, uh, again, I think those lines are going to blur. You know, you have to be pretty flexible in your thinking about what could be target operators for each of the different possible conversion uh, candidates that have been uh, offered. And on the conversion candidates, do you see a, a, a potential for a shift for the value of the current 777 feedstock? Um, you know, I, I'm not an expert, Andrew, on, uh, we could go to Doug Kelly and some of the people that we feature in our CargoFax conferences. But uh, 
because of the uh, lagging intercontinental passenger market, I think you're going to have uh, much more younger and more desirable feedstock opportunities. Um, you know, it's no secret that the intercontinental passenger market at this point, it's going to be a while before it returns. There's still market pressure from air cargo, 7% growth last year, roughly. So I think there's going to be younger and more desirable feedstock available just because of that, that uh, interplay of dynamic between passenger and air cargo uh, market. Right. I mean, we are seeing, especially 777-300ERs, that's the, I mean, there are so many that are just lying around and parked. And many of those aren't actually that old, but obviously they would make for excellent conversion candidates should the owners decide to do that. Uh, for the 777-200LR, obviously we know that there, are, there aren't that many that um, can serve as feedstock because there were only around 60 that were produced. But yes, I mean, the 777-300ER really is, there's going to be a lot of choice and a lot of desirable candidates, like you said. Um, so we'll, we'll obviously continue to see more of these heading into conversion, particularly as these programs ramp up and, and get certified. But, uh, and they'll all be very interesting to cover. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Jim, for your thoughts. And to those of you listening, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect. For more multimedia content like this, check out cargofacts.com and search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify. Join us again next time.